everyone, and welcome to Dead to Rights, Season 4, Episode 83. And today we'll be introducing an author that I didn't know before, but I'm becoming familiar with, and I hope you will as well, Barry Findlay. And Barry is an Ottawa writer, and he's just released his fifth book in the Marcy Kane Thriller series, and it's called The Burden of Darkness. So look for that. Um, according to Barry, each of the books stand alone, but the characters evolve. So there is an arc going on, and uh, that's something that I always find very fascinating. Um, his characters are very strong, independent, and um, his lead character is a recently divorced woman. So. Um, these have been bestsellers, and I hope you're going to enjoy them. And also, I've got to remind you that coming out this fall, we've got our anthology of murder and malaise called A Grave Diagnosis, 35 unique stories by 35 very unique writers. And I hope you'll watch for that and enjoy it very much. And now I welcome you to our interview with Barry Finley. Good morning, Barry, and welcome to Dead to Rights. How are you today? I'm just fine, thanks. How are you? Very good. Nice to meet you. I'm glad to see you. Yeah, nice to meet you too. The Zoom technology is just wonderful, isn't it? It's certainly been a help during uh, COVID, that's for sure. It sure has. It sure has. Uh, we're going to talk about your new release, of course, and your thriller series. But first, I'd like to hear a little bit about your background as a financial manager, and I believe that you worked for the federal government. Can you tell us just a little bit about that, and does it play into your writing at all? Yeah, I, I'm a chartered accountant and a certified management accountant, so I, uh, I definitely have a financial background. Um, I worked for a firm of chartered accountants for a few years, and then I moved over to the federal government. And I finished my career with uh, Canada Revenue Agency, mm -hmm. but I was, I was actually one of the good guys. I wasn't, uh, I wasn't an auditor. I was, uh, I was responsible for accounting for the uh, revenue, uh, I guess 99% of the revenue of the federal government. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's how I finished my career. But during that time, I did write financial policy, and mm -hmm. nobody reads financial policy unless they have to, but uh, it, I think it did sort of hone my writing skills and uh, teach me how to write about a difficult subject in layman's terms, hopefully. Mm -hmm. And so it definitely played into my writing. Uh, I was wondering, well, I started off writing with two nonfiction books, and then I thought it'd be fun to try a a fiction book and I didn't know if I'd be able to do that because accountants aren't supposed to be creative so mm -hmm. um, so I didn't know whether I'd be able to do it or not but um, I've written five since then five fiction books so it's um, it's turned out okay you know I think the best creative people are people who had careers in non-creative fields because we're, we're highly motivated to want to get towards uh, the creativity sides of ourselves. Um, my husband's an economist and uh, he first started writing fiction for exactly the reasons you've just stated. So, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I work a, in accounting too. So there you go. There you go. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's certainly a, a change. Mm -hmm. Tell me about your nonfiction uh, titles. I know that you had a couple that started your, your writing career. Yeah, what started it all was uh, I climbed Mount Kilimanjaro with my son um, in 2009. So he was 30 at the time and I was 60 at the time. So uh, 
we uh, decided to climb Kilimanjaro. And after we climbed, we raised some money for the Kids of Africa as part of the climb. We used it as a platform to raise money for the Kids of Africa. And we managed to raise enough to build a school and drill a well. Wow. And, um, and That's so, a good turnaround for a climb that you would have done anyway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, congratulations. And, and so uh, when we came back, we started doing presentations and I realized how interested people were in the in the climb and I guess the fact that I did it at age 60 and so on. So mm -hmm. um, so I did, we decided to write a book about it. And uh, my son and I both contributed to the book and it's called Kilimanjaro and Beyond. And mm -hmm. I found the experience uh, so enjoyable, I decided to uh, write another nonfiction book. And the next one was about uh, travel with my in-laws. Mm -hmm. So uh, they're a bunch of characters and we've done quite a bit of traveling. So there are a number of stories that came out of that. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of a natural fit for uh, a travel memoir. So Kilimanjaro and beyond for anyone who yeah. would like to look it up. Yeah. And is it titled Travel with My In-laws? No, the, uh, the travel book is called I Guess We Missed the Boat. Oh. Okay, <laughs> I guess we missed the boat. So it's the Marcy Kane thriller series where you've got a brand new release called The Burden of Darkness. Um, right. And that is the fifth book in the series, is it? It is, yeah. Well, okay. there's there are four full-length novels and uh, novella. Okay, okay. Which one is the novella? It's called uh, Never So Alone. Mm -hmm. And it fills in some of the backline for... Uh, Nathan Harris, who is the Marcy's love interest, I guess. Mm -hmm. He's a, a former um, FBI agent who is now a consultant for the FBI. Mm -hmm. And so Never So Alone focuses, focuses on him and his okay. back. And that's titled Never So Alone, and the character's yeah. name is Nathan? Nathan Harris. Nathan Harris. Tell me a little bit about him. Uh, what specialty within the FBI does he have as an agent? Um, well, he was a field agent in the okay. FBI. Okay. Um, my books are all, all have a bit of a social commentary to them, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, the first one, The Vanishing Wife, is how far a man, an ordinary man will go when uh, his family is threatened. Mm -hmm. And then the second one, A Perilous Question, looks at human trafficking. Mm -hmm. um, Never So Alone falls in, in there somewhere and it focuses on uh, the drug culture. Mm -hmm. And then Remote Access is about uh, is a political thriller with uh, computer hacking involved. Mm -hmm. And then uh, the final one, A Burden of Darkness, the uh, antagonist has uh, PTSD. Okay. So each one of them has sort of a social commentary. So um, Nathan is kind of a, well, he's a, a former field agent and uh, and consultant, and so he's uh, able to investigate uh, in one way or another. These are fascinating books. Tell us about your protagonist um, in the latest. Yeah, Marcy Kane is the protagonist, and she's the um, she's a she starts well. She's introduced in the Vanishing Wife, the first book, and she's a, an independent, recently divorced, um, sometimes sarcastic um, woman. And uh, women are evolved. never sarcastic, I, I must tell you. Uh, <laughs> just so you know, Barry, women are never sarcastic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. And yes, you can quote me on that. <laughs> okay. 
Um, but she, uh, so she's introduced and she evolves through the course of the series. And, you know, her life evolved just as ours would normally evolve. Um, I try not to make my characters into supermen or superwomen. They, um, uh, they do extraordinary things when, when they meet extra, extraordinary challenges. But I think, mm -hmm. uh, I think most people would do that. I think most people would rise to the occasion. Mm -hmm. So I don't want them to be, to be able to uh, take on the mob single-handedly and, and uh, mm -hmm. for Marcy to beat up some 400-pound guy. It's not going to happen. Yeah, yeah, just because, you know, we want a strong woman. But we know that women are strong in many ways. It doesn't have to always be physical. You know? Yeah, exactly. Um, it, there's a lot of ways to represent that strength, and we're learning more all the time now these days. I, I love character-driven books, so I think yours are really going to fit the bill for me. I'm going to definitely look into them, and I encourage all of our listeners to. Um, and the latest is The Burden of Darkness, but give us the very first title in the series of five. The first title in the series was The Vanishing Wife. The Vanishing Wife, yes, yeah. and that's the one I'm going to start with myself. Um, now, just tell me what brought you to crime writing in particular. I've always had an interest in, uh, in crime writing. My own reading is uh, primarily, well, I'm kind of an eclectic reader, I guess, I re but I do read a number of crime novels and uh, enjoy them, mm -hmm. and I'm entertained by them, and uh, if they're uh, if they're well written and and most are, mm -hmm. and um, and the other thing I guess was that I've always been kind of fascinated about how far a man would go if uh, if their family is threatened, mm -hmm. and was always you know when I hear a news item on on the uh, when I hear an item on the news where someone's wife has disappeared or their child has disappeared or, or how how horrible that must be. Mm -hmm. And what would you do in that situation? And so uh, yeah. that's always kind of been in the back of my mind. So uh, it was kind of a natural fit to. Do, do you get a lot of your ideas from the news? Because I hear people say, oh, where do you get your ideas? I could yeah. never come up with that. You know, I just think we're permeated with ideas all the yeah. time. Yeah. yeah. Just have to open the newspaper or, yeah. or watch the, the news. And, yeah. And there's yeah. certainly lots of fodder for for books there. There sure is. There yeah. sure is. Even when we're all in lockdown, there is. <laughs> Even more how, have so been, how have you been coping with uh, COVID? How have you and your wife and family been co coping? Well, it's been hard. We've got three grandchildren, so we weren't able to see them for a couple of months or, or see them from a distance, I guess. And uh, now, fortunately, we're able to do that again. And on a personal level, I'm a golfer, so uh, I was happy to see the golf courses open up. Mm-hmm. And it's given me an opportunity to take some courses, too. I've uh, actually what have you been studying? Uh, creative writing. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Bravo. Seven books into your career. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't uh, plot my books. I, um, mm -hmm. I'm kind of a pantser, I guess. I fly by the seat of my pants. I, I mm -hmm. plot two chapters ahead, two mm -hmm. or three chapters ahead, but that's it. But I'll and bet so you I, have a pretty strong idea going in, though. Yes. You strike me yeah. as someone who would, yes. Yeah. And I find that's a common theme amongst people who've had careers that where they've had to plan and they've had to, you know, that the plan is there, even if you're not writing it all down. And maybe probably the reason you don't feel you need to chart it is because it's there. 
Well, I always enjoy not knowing where the book is going to go. Yeah. It sounds yeah. a little weird, but, uh, you know, I, I don't necessarily know how it ends. And it takes me off in directions that I didn't expect. But mm -hmm. one of the courses I took was on plotting. So, oh, yeah. uh, so I'm going to try that and see if And what did they suggest? Because this can be our tip for writers. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's... Um, I think they had 15 different uh, plot lines or something that you're, um, you fill in the blanks ahead of time. And, and then I guess once you've done that, the, the book should come fairly easily from, from the plot. It was interesting. I saw Jeffrey Deaver speak. Um, mm -hmm. He's you know prime writer, well-known mm -hmm. prime writer. And he actually does over 200 pages of plot before he starts writing. Wow, wow. So, I guess there'd never be writer's block, that's you know, right. exactly where it's going, so. That's right. Well, you would think anyway, you know. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I think, you know, writer's block probably has uh, stems um, that are beyond whether you're plotting or not. I mean, I've done both styles of writing, plotting and pantsing, and uh, I've done one novella that was completely organic. I just woke up one day with it completely fully formed, so. There was no need to do anything with that one except just write it, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, I found both are fascinating ways to do it. For me, when I was really plotting, it was because I was trying to follow a true events timeline. Okay. And I didn't want to screw it up. You know, it was a really important event. And I didn't want to screw it up. I didn't want to lay my fiction down on the wrong place, you know. Yeah. So yeah. that one required a lot of plotting. Um, how, did, how are you enjoying the... Sorry. I think it would help um, help you keep the uh, storyline straight too. You know, I find find sometimes I have to go back and rejig the, what I wrote previously after I'm a little further into the book, and so I think maybe plotting would help with that. Yes, uh, yes I guess we'll find exactly. out. <laughs> yeah, I guess we'll find out exactly. <laughs> How are you enjoying the courses? Because I'm hearing that a lot of people during this situation are studying. Well, I think uh, I enjoyed them. They were, um, I think they're pretty well done. I, I found them on Udemy, U-D-E-M-Y. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And there are all kinds of courses there, anything you want to take. Okay. Um, and, and they're pretty inexpensive. So, uh, and I found the ones I took were really well done. Okay, okay. And that's yeah. Udemy, U-D-E-M-Y, right? right? For anyone who wants to look it up. Um, yeah. Take a look online because really, I don't know how much longer we're going to be social distancing or isolating, you know, or just basically working from home a lot of people. And if you're finding it's a little too quiet, you might want to take some courses and, yeah. uh, you know, use the time to your own benefit. So The other thing I've done is, uh, well, I started, I picked up the guitar about two years ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've been taking YouTube videos to uh, teach myself how to play guitar. So I had a little more time to do that, too, during uh, COVID. Oh, that's nice. I wish I'd known going into this interview, I would have asked you to have your guitar handy. Oh, <laughs> have no, you got I any book covers handy? Do you have any of your book covers handy? I do. I've uh, got them right well, here. This is Very uh, Steady. That's the latest one. Uh, that is a beautiful cover. Thank you. you know, as soon as I speak, it disappears. So. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the, um, the that's one just gorgeous. before the burden of darkness. That's gorgeous. Who does your covers? Can you give them a plug? Um, this one was, I don't remember now. 
I've okay. uh, I've gone through Book School Social. Mm -hmm. They uh, they do cover design and they did um, The Burden of Darkness. Those are and, beautiful covers that you've got there. Thank you. And then yeah. uh, a perilous question. And this was done by a fellow in Kingston. By That's the name of Tom. Fabulous. That's Tom Nickerson. Yeah. Yeah, Tom does a great job. Wow. And then uh, that's the novella. That is fantastic. Really and again, that was done by Book School Social. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And this one was done by Tom Nickerson in Kingston. You've got no misses. They're all fabulous. Anybody who's drawn to covers, as most readers are, would love those. So well, by you. all means, go look for Barry Finlay. F-I-N-L-A-Y. Is that correct, right. Barry? Exactly. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Now, what are you working on next? Well, uh, as I mentioned, I'm plotting. Um, all of my books take place internationally so far. So they've, um, The Burden of Darkness, for example, uh, starts in Canada and um, goes across Canada and ends up in Arizona. Um, remote access uh, has a Chinese connection mm -hmm. and um, but they're all kind of US driven. The, mm -hmm. the characters live in the US. Mm -hmm. So what I'm thinking of doing now, the one I'm plotting is going to take place completely in Ottawa. Okay. I've never done that. I've never done a, uh, a local. Well, that'll local. be a challenge. That'll be a real challenge for you. You know, yeah. you'll be yeah. able to get okay. some local flavor in there too. Um, looking but, forward to it. Yeah. But I just love international thrillers. They're, they're my favorite. You know? yeah. 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 Well, like I said, we've done quite a bit of traveling. So every time we go somewhere, I try to make a note of uh, what I'm seeing and so that I can put it in the next book. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I always find yeah. geography really is a character, you know, um, and if people approach it that way, what you see and what you feel and smell around you and the social norms and customs and attitudes yeah. are such a big factor in good fiction, you know. It makes it so much easier to describe it if you've actually seen it or yes. lived it. Yes. Yes, and I find even with expressions, I'll stand in front of the mirror and, and make the expression I'm trying to describe and then go back, <laughs> go back to the computer and, and try and describe it the way I saw it. The things so, we do, the things yeah. we do, <laughs> nobody knows. No, exactly. <laughs> they only see the finished product. They don't see us trying to learn guitar or in my case, clarinet or... <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> because, you know... You just know if you have a character who is doing these things, you cannot pull it off unless you've tried to do it yourself. Right. You just exactly. can't. You know, you have to know how do the pieces fit in the case of the clarinet? How do, you know, how does the, how does, um, how does the Rideau Valley smell and feel and, you know, all those things. Yeah. So. The other thing I try and do is speak to a subject matter expert. So... <laughs> For example, in uh, The Burden of Darkness, since it's about PTSD, I talked to a woman, a paramedic, mm -hmm. who uh, has PTSD. And I talked to a clinical psychologist who treats people with PTSD. And, okay. and I find these, these people, detectives too, I've talked to detectives in the Ottawa Police Service, and I find mm -hmm. they're very forthcoming and, yeah. and willing to offer advice. And, and uh, I'll send them 
their sections, you know, or the section that relates to what they've told me and make yeah. sure that it makes sense. Because I think it's important to, that the technical aspects, even though it's fiction, yes. I think yes. the technical aspects have to be right. So. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And I, I will tell you that I found police um, in particular to be really forthcoming. They love to talk about their work, um, especially the ones that are nearing retirement because they have so many stories, yeah. you know? And yeah. I've, I've spoken with a couple of FBI agents over the years and uh, just fascinating stuff. Yeah, you know? um, yeah I'm, I'm always excited to, to get home and write after I've talked to them. Exactly. I'm going to have to bag me a Mountie. I've never spoken with a Mountie. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would be pretty fascinating too. A whole different look, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Mm -hmm. Well, now you're working on, you're plotting something right now. What is the next release going to be called? Do you know? Um, haven't got that far yet. Haven't got a title yet. Okay. No, okay. no I find I have to be into the book a bit before I the title before pops the title up. Appears, yeah. But yeah. it is the sixth in the series, is it? Um, I, I don't really want to divulge that okay. information. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. Yeah. I, I have a number of people say, I'm not far enough in. I don't really want to divulge it yet. So that's quite all right. So for everyone listening, it is called Burden of Darkness. Yep. And it is the fifth in the Marcy Kane Thriller Collection. And uh, there are also a couple of nonfiction books to look for. A Kilimanjaro, uh, say it for me. Kilimanjaro and Beyond. Mm -hmm. And I guess we missed the boat. I guess we missed the boat, which is uh, traveling with my in-laws. Right. <laughs> Could be the subtitle for that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So are you actually getting out of the house now? Is there any place that you've been going? Um, Anything that you're doing to kind of brighten up your days? Uh, just a golf course for me. Just the golf course. Okay, very the, good. You can tell I'm not is, getting to the hairdresser. <laughs> well, it was nice to get that. Do. <laughs> yeah, it was nice to get that done. I uh, I got my hair cut a couple of weeks ago, and it was quite the relief. Oh yeah. Oh, but yeah. the patio. My family is. Yeah, my family's lucky. I can cut hair, so I do theirs. Oh. Can't cut my own. I did kind of level it off at one point because it was just too heavy, but that's as far as I can go with my own. So, you know, so I'm not open for business if anybody's thinking. <laughs> nope, <laughs> nope. <laughs> my grandkids wanted me to let it grow until September. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think the heat took care of that. Yeah, I know. It's really, really hot, isn't it? It is. It's yeah. just incredibly hot this year. Yeah. yeah. Well, Barry, it was really lovely to meet you and very nice to speak with you. And I'm definitely going to look for your books. Are they available on Kindle? They are. Yeah. Excellent. They're That's how Kindle I love download. Yeah. So yeah. I'll be downloading the first one, which is called The Vanishing Wife by Barry Finley. And I encourage everyone to do the same. Thank Great. you very much, Barry. Thanks. My pleasure. I want to thank everyone for spending their time with us today. And uh, I especially want to thank Barry Finley for joining us today on Dead to Rights. It was a real pleasure meeting you and getting to know more about your work, Barry. I also, as always, want to thank Ted Carrick for the original theme music for Dead to Rights titled Eyes of Gold. Hope to see you next week as we're, we're barreling down the tube on season four of Dead to Rights.
dusty road, man alone. His vital signs go on hold. And I don't know what you've been told. But the years have turned my eyes gold. And I told you what you told me. We'd never be in the same boat for free, yet it rides.